Two weeks later, there was another one in Chama, New Mexico. And by December, there had been more scattered mutilation reports in Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Iowa. And the number of mutilations being investigated by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police had climbed above 30. Welcome back to Rock Hard Caucus. This is our 137th episode. Uh, we've been inconsistently producing this podcast since 2019, but consistently producing this podcast since 2024. <laughs> this is, I think... Five like years, this, almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in August. Um, I think this is the seventh or eighth week in a row that Evan and I have recorded on Sunday. So if... Uh, if you want to help us keep the streak going, um, I don't know. Just give us money. <laughs> <laughs> we just need like an open invite for just people to invite themselves on the pod. Um, yeah. if, if you want to come on the pod, let us know. <laughs> and because uh, there there is a foreseeable chance that either Justin or I will not be able to record on a Sunday. That's um, true. So yeah. we just need like we need like scabs. <laughs> we need ringers <laughs> to come in and and record the podcast for us so we can maintain our release schedule. Yeah, it's possible that Evan and I may have to go on strike. And so we need <laughs> scabs to step in and fulfill our duties. Um that's something we we don't we're not very transparent about, I guess, is that we don't actually own the show. We are employees of Rock Hard Caucus. Yeah, that that is true. Uh there's a LLC that neither of us have anything to do with. Yeah. Um, we don't In know fact, what entity owns that or controls that <laughs> LLC, but it's not us. That's actually why the show has been more consistent recently is because they've been cracking the whip. We've been forced to to be yeah. more productive. Yeah. If you go to our Patreon and, and give more money, you may free us from this contract we're trapped in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just trying to pay off our student loan debt. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm really trying to do that. <laughs> I, I hear that they're um, I'm gonna go forgiving. To prison. <laughs> I, I was trying to because my sister is asking me about it. I actually don't have student loans because uh, yeah. I dropped out at a reasonable time, like an intelligent mm -hmm. person. Um, <laughs> but my sister does, and she, um, you know, there is a new like Biden plan to. Yeah, uh, forgive some of it, and I was like trying to find. Well, she so she refinanced uh, her loans all into one, like mm -hmm. before the first round of student debt cancellation, and that kind of fucked her because mm. none of the loans that she had, you know, since she only has one refinance loan instead of any of the you know sub loans that she had previously taken out, they were not eligible. Like refinance loans are not eligible for any of the student loan relief that. Biden announced. Yeah. And I think this so are new they in plan, like, are they in like a private entity controls them now? Yeah, but it's like a, it's a only a student loan. I don't know what, you know, what it's company all it is, but yeah, it's, it's some private <laughs> entity that is, it's not like a, you know, federal loan. It's a private right. entity that, uh, only does student loans, but, um, apparently because just of whatever criteria they have for, for forgiving it, it doesn't count. And I guess the new student loan forgiveness that just rolled out is like only for people who have been paying back their loans for at least 10 years mm -hmm. and only took out like $12,000 to begin with. Yes. yes. Uh, which, again, seems like 
uh, could be helping a lot more people if they were to to broaden those criteria. Um, yeah, but, I, I was looking at yeah, that the I don't other know day. about the I, legal dance behind all this stuff. I swear, didn't they announce like the same thing a few months ago? I remember laughing at it the first time that it was like a, a super restricted like criteria for getting this forgiveness and it um, involves uh enrolling in the save plan which mm-hmm. i am scared to do because i've seen so many people have their monthly payments increase because <laughs> yeah. they filled out those forms <laughs> yeah yeah it, i think it is yeah I, I am not sure again i haven't been keeping up with this uh because again i dropped out like an intelligent person but right. um yeah. yeah it's it's i guess it's good they're doing something but yeah it sounds like there's a lot of <laughs> court wrangling over whether like i guess i don't know the supreme court ruled against it right and then i don't know the, the main yeah the big plan that he did they they threw that out yeah uh, you've been paying for 10 years and you took out less than twelve thousand to begin with so this is like someone who probably didn't finish college right because how could you have only taken out yeah I, less than twelve thousand, <laughs> and you're still paying it off <laughs> yeah, I guess it's – they're, like, trying to focus on people who, I guess, like, are only paying interest on their loans and can't – don't have enough income to pay off any more than that, mm-hmm. um, which is a good thing, I guess. You know, it's Yeah, I mean, the, bad that, that, small, that, that small number can, of people like, definitely not... need the forgiveness. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and I'm uh, – I started paying back at, in, like, fall of 2014, so I'm just shy of that 10-year uh, – threshold yeah. yeah 10 years man i think i initially took out like 30k also that's <laughs> i mean that's that's <laughs> like how much my sister has left it's ridiculous yeah. anyway if you are a uh, loan servicer uh you didn't hear me talk about that at all i'm <laughs> i'm a good boy and i've been paying my payments on time <laughs> he's got a good credit so, score uh, Evan, I wanted to show you this book that I found yesterday at Goodwill. Oh, hell yes. At Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Someone's I'm holding up... Uh, getting rid of such valuable merchandise. It's a really nice hardcover. It looks like it was barely touched before it ended up at Goodwill. Um, this is uh, my. This is Two Cents to Save America by Perry Johnson, mm-hmm. who if, if, you, uh, if you've been listening to our show, you know Perry Johnson was our favorite Republican candidate for president. Oh yeah, uh, he definitely uh, qualified. He he was the most important candidate. He had the he had the right to run for president. I would say, like he he, d- he did. Yeah, it made technically sense for anyone him to be running for president again over the age of thirty five who's a natural born citizen uh, yes. is eligible to run for president. But yes, he is among those people. Evan twenty twenty eight. Yeah, don't forget everyone. We're laying the groundwork now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Give us more money. Thanks. Well, shit, I'll um, be 35 by then, too. Can I be your running mate? Yeah. <laughs> Why not, dude? <laughs> Actually, you should be the you should be the head of the ticket. <laughs> I also like that uh, Perry ripped off Elizabeth Warren. Um, the two oh, the cents two plan. Cents thing? Yeah, yeah. It's typical. The, uh, the cover of this is really nice. Uh, it's just a picture of him smiling in front of a, uh, an opaque American flag in the background. Uh, his hand is on the back of a chair. <laughs> it's a nice wooden chair and uh just two pennies floating in the foreground just floating yeah <laughs> hope you paid no more than two cents for that book 
Well, that's this is the big scandal. So I found this at Goodwill. Um, I know that Perry Johnson was mailing out free copies of this book to probably every registered Republican in the state of Iowa. So whoever gave this to Goodwill probably got it for free. And then Goodwill charged me $2 for it, which is 100 times the amount of money that is on the cover. Yeah. And the person who donated it got it for free, 100%. So Goodwill made a, a huge profit off of this book. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you, I, you saw you saw the front cover. I really like this on the back. So on the front cover, his hand is on a chair, right? Mm-hmm. On the back cover, his hand is on the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> He's leaning on the Liberty Bell. <laughs> is that looks like a cane, or like, or is it just like part of the like barrier around the Liberty Bell? <laughs> well, it doesn't it, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Some, what's happening yeah, with this some hand. weird. I think there's some Photoshop involved here. Has has Perry Johnson ever actually been to the Liberty Bell? He's never been to Philadelphia. Look at him. That's not <laughs> a man who steps foot in Pennsylvania at all. No. He's <laughs> he's scared of the crime. Yeah. Uh, this was published by uh, Perry Johnson Publishing. <laughs> it's another protect, self-published book. Not protect, protect your conscience. <laughs> protect your conscience, LLC. <laughs> And, well, let me just read the back cover to you so you get an idea of what this is all about. It's about 200 pages long, by the way. Lots of citations at the end. Hmm. Perry Johnson helped revolutionize the automobile industry in the early 1980s. When the automobile industry was reeling, he knew how to implement quality and efficiency. At a time when the Japanese were taking market share away, he used his expertise to turn things around and once again enable American cars to be some of the best in the world. Some of. some of the best in the world. <laughs> Damn. Who who do you think has the best? Toyota, man. Yeah, still Japan, right? Those, yeah, <laughs> Japan. Lean manufacturing. It's all about... I'm sure Perry knows a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, his companies now do business in 61 countries worldwide. Perry Johnson once again calls upon his expertise and experience to give insight on how we can revolutionize the American economy. Let me read that again. <laughs> Perry Johnson once again calls upon his expertise and experience to give insight on how we can revolutionize the American economy. <laughs> yeah. He's calling he's upon a, his he's own. Got a, <laughs> he's got a red phone uh, in, his, in his office that's labeled Perry's expertise that he has to <laughs> call upon from time to time when he's in, a, he's in a bind. Yeah. And then a phone rings inside of his own brain. Yeah. <laughs> he, no, he has a Bluetooth headset. He picks up the phone and then he starts talking <laughs> to into his own in his own Bluetooth headset. We can ignite it, bring down inflation, and continue to bring prosperity to the American people. We can ignite it? It being the American economy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Which was uh, both words were capitalized. American economy. Two Cents to Save America lays out exactly what must be done to transform America's current economical situation into a vibrant economy that provides a great life for all Americans. Economical situation? <laughs> need an ecumenical situation. Come on now. I mean, the word, uh, the word revolutionize appears twice on the back cover. I think that would be a, a good step towards... Uh, creating a vibrant economy that provides a great life for all americans if we do some kind of revolutionary yeah thing <laughs> um yeah it could have some potential there i think we're 
a ways away from that, but I think we can yeah. build there with with Perry Johnson's leadership. I don't want to spend too much time on this book, but it is pretty interesting. Uh, there's a table of contents, of course. All books must have them. But then it's followed by a list of figures. <laughs> so he... He sh- he tells you where the figures are going to show up. What kind of figures, though? <laughs> like, the first one's on page thirty-one. So let's oh, okay. See. So like actual like like graphs. Okay, it's a line yeah. graph of Hell U.S. Yeah. inflation. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like figures that he looked up to in his life or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but after the list of figures is a list of cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Is he just republishing political cartoons in his book? <laughs> so he knows that a lot of people are going to be cracking this book open like, where are the comics? Yeah. I'm only going to read the Wait, comics. Are, are they self, self-drawn? self <laughs> Here. I'm going to pull up uh, one called Biden Assigns Homework, which is on page 96. I'm not sure who drew this. <laughs> Jack Chick, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I couldn't quite read the text there. Yeah, it's kind of... Well, it's even blurry to me, and I'm looking at the actual book. This is like a JPEG that got stretched a little too much. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, it's Biden sitting at a table with some stereotypical businessmen and one woman, it looks like. And Biden says, let's see if we can find at least 20 ways of punishing the oil industry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... That would be such a better Biden. <laughs> For real, yeah. Instead of, yeah, like opening up more offshore drilling. Um, if he was just like, like let's, all... let's punish oil companies. I mean, <laughs> it looks like all the cartoons are by the, by the same person, but again, it's, it's like stretched out and blurry and I can't read the signature. The next page has another cartoon called Biden's Creative Energy Tax Team. And the perspective flips. So before we were looking at biden across the table here we're like with <laughs> biden on his side of the table whoa wait i didn't realize that was supposed to be biden in front <laughs> yeah yeah this this dude here is joe biden okay yeah it's, I not, can kind of, it's not a bad likeness. It, i can see that now but yeah well it's not what immediately comes to mind <laughs> this, this is a very like a old grandpa it's a very similar um joke and i use that term very loosely similar joke to the previous one he's sitting at the table sort of scratching his chin and he says we have only six new energy taxes can we think of any more damn dude <laughs> i wish i was in this meeting i'm gonna see I, if yeah, i can show you once this again Zoom. whatever republicans think what democrats are doing is like a hundred thousand times cooler than what they're actually yeah. doing look how mad yeah, this guy that looks. guy that guy's like fuck <laughs> energy taxes more? energy taxes i can't think of more <laughs> okay last thing I'll, I'll say from the book because it was on the very next page an elon musk tweet screenshot in the book <laughs> wow and Is it's about in, increasing in the... <laughs> oil and gas does he cite tweets in the citations there's no list of tweets unfortunately oh. i wonder if that's a figure though let me see <laughs> no this he didn't tell us about that ahead of time so if i had been reading this in order i would have been shocked to suddenly have a tweet presented to me. Damn. I'll try to read through this sometime soon. Sure, yeah, I'll I'm learn sure a lot. I'm sure there's some good <laughs> stuff in there. All right, so in terms of actually uh, current events that I thought we should discuss today, um, Madam Web is out. 
you heard about this movie? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Do you have any idea who Madam Web is? I do not. <laughs> She's I'm a ignorant. Spider-Man character. Oh, okay. I knew. <laughs> I, guess I knew I her from the. Uh, <laughs> I knew her from the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, where she appeared in a handful of episodes as an old lady with a blindfold. But she's played by Dakota Johnson in this new movie, who is not old. No. What didn't? What was you? Didn't you were tweeting it, Dakota Johnson, recently? <laughs> I posted a picture of myself with the Madam Web poster on Instagram, and I told her she was a hero for being in the movie. Okay, I see that totally went over my head because I had no idea what what movie that was. <laughs> um, I vaguely know who she is. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey. I know that, and yeah. she also uh, she was on Ellen, and she was mad that ellen uh declined an invite to her birthday party and then was mad that she didn't get invited to her birthday party on tv do you remember that she one could, no it's i have no idea she confronted her like on the show yes nice yeah because she like mentioned her birthday and then ellen was like like well I, why didn't you invite me and then she was like but i did <laughs> <laughs> anyway big fan of that movie go see it everybody we gotta run that box office number through the ceiling <laughs> otherwise sony <laughs> might kill the spider verse <laughs> just kidding it's terrible so i got a i got a a fundraising email from our friend rob sand the other day that kind of caught my attention we haven't talked about rob in a while um i kind of felt like we were talking about him too much for a little bit there <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's our state auditor he's the only statewide elected democrat here in iowa so he's there's a lot resting on his shoulders um, he sent this fundraising email on February 20th, uh, Tuesday of this week. Are you still on his email list, Evan? I am. You purge um, I purged most of my like Democrat fundraising emails, which I mean, it doesn't like it's like whack-a-mole. You knock out a mm-hmm. couple and then you get like some people I've never heard of texting me. Right. Um, I did not unsubscribe from Rob Sand. And that's because he's an, like, like you said, he's an important figure in our state. And uh, though we've been critical of him in the past, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're on his side. We need to, you know, offer him critical support. Yeah. I think this is one of our times. So I, I like to know what's going on with, with Rob. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right. So this is, this is the email. The subject line is uh, siren emoji, a new effort to overturn an election siren emoji. And he said last year, Iowa partisans gutted my office by passing the most pro-corruption law in our state's history. Parenthetical, italicized, it lets officials hide documents from the auditor's office. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I realized that I actually just say subscribe to his emails because they're really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really good. <laughs> and I also like to see pictures of him, like, uh, double-handing slices of Casey's pizza, um it's and like pictures of like him with like dogs yeah um, he signs a lot of them with it, selfies. it brightens up my day <laughs> i pump my own gas just like you i drink the gas myself it fuels me as well as my vehicle uh continuing i also like when my name appears in these fundraising emails justin these insiders are so afraid of accountability that they're at it again this time with a bill called sf2311 Here's what this bill would do. SF2311 would take away the voters' ability to choose a watchdog to audit their state government. 
and instead allows insiders to give no-bid contracts to lap dogs. Speaking of dogs, he likes to use this terminology yeah. a lot. Yeah. Everyone likes a lap dog, though, is the thing. Like, hmm. everyone wants a dog to sit in their lap. That's yeah. something that is aspirational for for most people. I, I would rather a dog to... be in my lap than watch me. Yeah, that's right. He needs to recal- <laughs> recalibrate his language. Yeah. I mean, if I could, I, I would elect cats to office as opposed to dogs. Yeah, I would rather have a cat in my lap. Um, but that's just mostly mm-hmm. because um, dogs tend to be, like, smellier. Um, mm. Sometimes. Yes. And they get, yeah, they're less, um, they're less likely to, to get slobber on you. Yeah, yeah. When they get old, they do start to drool sometimes. They do, so, yeah. 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 Honestly, cats are just not nearly as gross to me as dogs, but that's I've probably been socialized that way. Well, they they groom themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's also kind of gross, because that means they're covered in their own spit. Yeah, and then they <laughs> shit in a box inside your house. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's, yeah. There's trade-offs, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just more used to one over the other. Uh, not only does this create an absolute perfect storm for government corruption, it also undermines the will of Iowa... The will of Iowa voters that have twice, that's inside of asterisks, so emphasizing the word twice, elected me as state auditor. These partisans aren't even trying to feign subtlety anymore, Justin. They just want to attack me for not bending the knee to them, plain and simple. I mean, T-bowing? I'm, I'm surprised he didn't say, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say T-bowing, though I guess it's probably a little bit too old of a reference um, for him to, to roll out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I don't it would know help. If that would it still would help. Hit. <laughs> it would help because then he can say that he's a guy who watches football. I think that's something that or did would've... 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, or did. <laughs> but I'm going to continue doing what I do, fighting for the working Iowan taxpayers and their families. Will you please rush a grassroots political donation to help my campaign team shine a massive spotlight on this glaring attempt to put politics over people? Twenty five, fifty, one hundred, two hundred, two hundred fifty are the default <laughs> buttons <laughs> are you clicking any of those buttons no i haven't uh yeah. go to ngpvan.com links yeah that's how i keep getting those emails yeah take me off this ngp van it's worse than the the freaking nsa <laughs> <laughs> which plays a big role in the movie madam web the nsa oh. hmm. it takes place in 2003 by the way very weird period piece well, it's just it's just about the war on terror. Is Miss Webb a terrorist? No, <laughs> you, you would you would think that it might have more uh, political implications, but no. Oh, oh, it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and it's a Sony Marvel movie, so it's like less competent, but less boring. Also, the sort of standard Disney Marvel stuff. It's so like formulaic. They're just sort of plugging stuff in, mm-hmm. but the weird bad sony spider-man movies are like more interesting to watch just because it seems like they don't know what they're doing that makes sense i've I've heard that the spider-man movies are good but i uh i do not watch comic book movies i'm again too much of a grown-up for that intelligent person (laughs) (laughs) okay so what what caught my eye about this rob sand email um so who's doing this who's trying to pass this bill he calls them partisans (laughs) yeah so who is it? <laughs> That's an interesting question. It's it's this kind Partisans of Partisans like implies that it's both parties. <laughs> right, yeah. It's this weird sort of like centrist bipartisan image that he 
is like very committed to portraying himself as like he won't even say that it's republicans doing it it's partisans yeah he's yeah he's gearing up for a hell of a run and you know what i think i think we've been shitting on rob sand like you said we talked about him a lot i think i'm kind of coming around on his chances i think he's really he's got a, like I for governor yeah yeah if he wants to run for governor which i'm pretty sure he does mm-hmm. um i think he has a shot at least i think uh people might might lap up the uh partisan insider stuff and yeah. just be like we hate them both so we love rob <laughs> right right yeah yeah i I want to stress, I, I am not the median Iowan voter. Yeah. So this stuff is stupid to me, but it he has people who like him a lot. Like, yeah, his well, comments are usually filled with, like, very supportive absolutely, messages. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And in comparison to Kim Reynolds, who is just kind of, like, toxic, and um, unless you're a Republican. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say that he is going to win, but... No. <laughs> I think, I think uh, yeah, I think he's got a bright career ahead of him. Yeah, and he does have uh he does sort of hone in on the abortion messaging occasionally, which is a good good thing he to focus is, on. Yeah, he before the uh Roe Ro v. Wade overturn, he would not say the word abortion like ever. Hmm. Like literally if you search for his tweets, he like would not he did not say the word. Yeah. But yeah, I have noticed that he's been definitely harping on reproductive freedom um in recent emails. Yeah, which is, yeah. is good, but yeah, of course, Rob is going to recalibrate to whatever <laughs> message is going to benefit him. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, smart of him to do that. So I d- I did find this interesting because you know as the only statewide elected Democrat, he is often a target of sabotage and just undermining from the rest of the state government. Uh, he mentioned that they they basically revoked his ability to like receive documents from the rest of the, rest of the state government like he's yeah. not really allowed to audit them anymore uh and then i pulled up the text of the bill he was talking about senate file 2311 uh which was introduced by senator uh is it boos i don't know how to say that guy's name i think that's right yeah and basically what it does is like it allows certain state departments to bypass the state auditor's office because they're required to be audited at least once a year Mm -hmm. and instead of them now being like forced to be accountable to rob sand's office they can instead hire a private auditor to do the audit which the Mm -hmm. state auditor's office then can like review (laughs) but yeah (laughs) and they're trying to well i guess i can pull up the like news articles i think about it says it. like basically that like any certified public accountant can conduct the audit which i think is probably the point of the the law because there's a lot of cpas out there who mm-hmm. um might be wacky in various ways <laughs> a little more inclined to like uh, well and if if you're paying them as opposed to them being state a state elected official yeah they might see things your way or like overlook certain things. Yeah, I would imagine there's some of that. Mm-hmm. Let me play this video of Rob for you because he did like a press conference about this. And before I hit play, check out the background there. <laughs> Hell yeah. The official seal of the state auditor's office now features a dog with a treasure chest. <laughs> and the taxpayer's <laughs> watchdog. Yeah. He's marketing himself well. Yeah. He's like a little puppy. 
Government corruption and secrecy are growing in the state of Iowa. Government corruption and secrecy will grow further if SF 2311 passes this year. It is no coincidence that yesterday, the same day that Republican insiders that authored last year's pro-corruption bill... Note, he said Republican there. He didn't say partisan. So he's willing to like say who it is in this press conference, but not in a fundraising email. What's the difference? <laughs> Advance the new bill. Again, despite bipartisan opposition, to further destroy anti-corruption checks and balances. It would replace the state auditor chosen by the people of the state of Iowa with one insiders will handpick with no bidding requirement and no means for independent oversight of their audits. These insiders want a state auditor who is a lapdog, not a watchdog. He paused for applause. <laughs> Maybe I should just move straight to this TV spot that actually I, I uh, got from uh, Who13 News. Because I like the way that this is being spun by both the people like passing the bill and the local media. Because uh, I think Rob is right. This is obviously an effort to undermine his office for political reasons. Yep. They dislike that a Democrat has uh, oversight over their finances. Yep. So they do everything they can to neuter him. Oh, shit. I, I shouldn't have spoiled that. Somebody oh, says no. the word neuter in this TV news spot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dogs, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> Rob Sand's getting, he's, they're taking him to the vet. Private <laughs> fund billing rates are 30 to 60% higher than what the state auditor's office charges the state. More expensive private firms could become an option for state department heads. Tonight, the Iowa Senate is considering an alternative to the state auditor's office. Good evening. I'm Aaron Kiernan. And I'm Andy Fails. Right now, the auditor's office. Andy Fails. Yeah, Andy, Andy Fails. <laughs> this is the only game in town, the only place state agencies can turn for annual audits. The Senate Republicans are considering a bill to expand the number of options. WHO 13, Zach Fisher joins us live at the State House. Zach, the auditor's office could have some competition, I guess. <laughs> I, I love that framing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they're, they're increasing competition. Yeah, that's right. It's just a good, good old Sinclair capitalist. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob Sand, right now, he has a monopoly on the, the market of auditing state agencies. <laughs> yeah. The government has a monopoly on its own operations. <laughs> Which I don't know, it sort of it sort of makes sense for like the state auditor to be from the opposition party. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that was like, a big pitch for Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if the whole if we got a whole like Republican stranglehold over the entire state government and the role of a state auditor is like to keep them in check. Like it makes sense for it to be not a Republican. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole thing's kind of absurd anyway. I mean, the state is auditing itself. It's like, is it really <laughs> the, the only way that it's actually going to matter at all is if it's a bit combative between the two parties. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Aaron and Andy. The bill just passed the Iowa Senate chamber earlier this afternoon by a vote strictly down party lines, 33 to 16, I guess, uh, just around 1.30, 2 p.m. this afternoon. So the legislation would allow state departments to seek 
independent auditors for yearly reviews from private firms. Now, this is something that Republicans say will increase transparency in state government, citing that the state auditor can still go back and review the audits done by outside counsel. Democrats say that this bill does the exact opposite, and it's limiting the power of the only statewide elected Democrat. You have the audacity to come back into this chamber and try to neuter the auditor so the people of Iowa cannot see the daylight on the budgets and the expenses yeah, that's, that's happening. That's in this. Yeah, Tony Bizignano. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's fired up about this. Heir of Ruthie's fortune, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to neuter the watchdog. Yeah, that he really should use that line, neuter, neutering the watchdog. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's like, I mean, I can see the email right now. He's like talking about how you should spay and neuter your pets. Bob Barker reference. And mm-hmm, he says mm-hmm. what you should not do is neuter the watchdog, taxpayer's watchdog. Yeah. If you got a dog and it's supposed to be your watchdog, if you cut that dog's balls off, it's going to get too sleepy. It's not going to watch shit. Well, actually, the thing is you don't want a horny watchdog because then it's going to be thinking about <laughs> thinking about it's watching sex. something else <laughs> state and believe me the auditors caught a number of things of misappropriation by the governor the auditor shall annually and more often if deemed necessary so it's his bill mike Busalot, mm-hmm. and he he's he's defending it here audit the state and all state officers and departments you see any audit that gets conducted by a private cpa firm under the Iowa Code, says it can be checked at any time by that same auditor. Spanish. Uh, someone said Spanish. I don't Spanish. Know, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, basically this is just like wasting money. I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm curious what they mean by they can review over it later. I mean, they can review over the actual audit, but do they have access to the documents that the audit was was based upon, you know? Probably not, right? I would assume not, and I assume that's probably another big part, reason why they they want it. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, then, then it's less efficient because you're just duplicating work. Come on now. Right, right. Here, this, is from, this is from the text of the bill itself. The bill requires the CPAs to be paid for by monies which the auditor would have been paid had the auditor performed the assignment or appropriations to the executive council. So there's some there's some change of like the money moves between departments in order to pay the auditor's office mm-hmm. to do the audit. And they it's it's like how they're uh, siphoning public education money into private schools. They're yeah. doing the same thing with <laughs> auditing now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's just another another in the long uh, the long term goal of privatizing everything in America. True. Even auditing the state government is now in private hands. <laughs> Rob, I'm calling a truce. If you want to come on our show and talk about this, I know you're definitely listening, or maybe someone who works for you might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we won't make fun of you if you want to come talk to us. We won't yeah, make think, fun of you while you're here. Yeah, that's <laughs> to your face. <laughs> We're cowards. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we'll make fun of you the week after you're here. <laughs> okay, do you remember that thing we talked about last week with the county supervisor over in Sioux City who, mm-hmm. like, his wife is going to go to prison for life? Yeah. <laughs> 
consecutive life terms for for 20 votes. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, I would hope not. It doesn't seem necessary. But uh, yeah, she was uh, sort of stealing the votes of the Vietnamese immigrant community of Woodbury County uh, in order to very inconsequentially benefit her husband's election. And during our conversation of this, I still had a lot of questions like, why did she do this? Why, why was he a right? Why were these write in ballots? What the fuck is going on? A lot of those questions are still unanswered. However, uh, a listener to our show named Allison, uh, sent me some articles from before the whole voter fraud situation blew up. Uh, Jeremy Taylor, the Woodbury County supervisor was already a controversial figure because, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this concisely, but, uh, Here's an article from January 21st of 2020, Sioux City Journal by Brett Hayworth. And I think I have these in consecutive order, right? Yes. Okay. The headline is, Voting Registration of Woodbury County Supervisor Taylor is Revoked. So he's a county supervisor who's who's no longer allowed to vote as of January 24th, 2020. (laughs) Did you look at this at all ahead of time, Evan? A little bit, yeah. Surprised. Okay. The voting registration of Woodbury County Supervisor Jeremy Taylor was canceled on Friday morning after a ruling by the county's top elections official after a rare hearing took place Thursday. So this involves Pat Gill, who is the county uh, auditor. Speaking, speaking of audits, he's the Woodbury County watchdog. He's He is not neutered as of now. <laughs> <laughs> so a resident named Maria Runquist filed a challenge to... Uh, Jeremy Taylor's residency in the district that he was uh, representing on the county board. The preponderance of evidence showed that Taylor's voting residence should be his home on Christie Road, not the Grandview address where he is currently registered. Taylor and his wife, Kim, own two homes. We don't need to read the address, but <laughs> but one home is like in the district he represents. One is outside. During Thursday's testimony, Taylor said he has taken great steps to maintain his legal residency at the Grandview home, staying there four nights per week, even though it's a hardship to miss his wife and six children who spend 90% of their time in their larger home on Christie Road. (laughs) (laughs) Doing all this shit for a county supervisor (laughs) position. (laughs) It's been really hard on him. He's, uh, He's just working alone in an empty home. While his wife and kids hang out without him. <laughs> uh, Runquist introduced... Wait, who was Runquist? Oh, the, the person who filed the challenge. Uh, introduced copies of city water bills that showed zeros for water consumption at the Grandview home for six of the last seven months. <laughs> Bro, he drinks bottled water. Come on. That's not fair. <laughs> so so he's, he's living at this place four nights a week with no plumbing. He doesn't shower. Come on. The Grandview address showed a dramatic decrease in water consumption in June of 2019, the month after Mr. Taylor purchased the Christie Road property. This evidence is inconsistent with the testimony that he spends more than half of his nights at the old home. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor produced his driver's license, vehicle registration, pay stubs, mail, and tax returns that all listed the Grandview address as his legal residence. I mean, what can they do? <laughs> I still get all my mail there. Yeah, I, I, I never drive f- over there once a week to to <laughs> empty the mailbox out. I never flush the toilet in there or anything, but 
Oh, wow. Okay. In the Thursday hearing, Taylor submitted statements from five neighbors living in three homes where the old house is who vouched for him. One resident, Tone Nguyen, said, I see him come and go frequently and believe he resides in our neighborhood. Now, the last name Nguyen. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's a Vietnamese name, isn't it? <laughs> that is. That is a very Vietnamese name. I wonder if his wife had anything to do with uh, those five neighbors' testimonies. <laughs> damn and then uh, another person who lives near the the home uh i have not seen him in the neighborhood anybody in the home since last summer so this article was followed up by a statement from jeremy taylor immediately following this cancellation of his voter registration this is also brett hayworth in the sioux city journal on the same date january 24th 2020 Taylor Blast's ruling revoking voter registration as politically motivated vows to appeal. Here's the quote from him. Based on this disappointing ruling in which County Auditor Pat Gill has single-handedly overturned an election, I'm going to appeal this decision, which is my right to do. Uh, again, Taylor's a Republican. The County Auditor is a Democrat. So we're seeing like the, the current statewide battle on a much smaller scale a few years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And here's a statement from uh, the woman who filed this challenge to his uh, residency. Mr. Taylor is lashing out due to his own deceptive actions. He has not been honest and transparent has, and has been caught. Mr. Taylor claims the process and hearing was a political hat, hatchet job. This is false. Politicians very often take this position when they have been called out for their own misbehavior. <laughs> <laughs> asked by a journal reporter at what point he started staying at the Grandview home four nights a week and whether he had started doing so after questions about his residency began circulating Taylor responded I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> he needs to give a tour of his apartment like Eric Adams did or his house right. this is exactly what I was thinking about <laughs> when I was learning about this <laughs> that or I mean rented out at a Market rate. Come on, man. <laughs> well, speaking of that, <laughs> there's also a follow-up by uh, Party Nard of the Iowa starting line. The day after this, he published this January 25th of 2020. So this was like big news at the time, but I don't know. I, I was not tuned in. I guess I was a little preoccupied with the, the caucus at this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Iowa starting line article is called Costs of Ambition. Jeremy Taylor's Miserable Life. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. <laughs> Costs of Ambition. Yeah, it is a great title. Like, this is very solid writing here. So, Party Nard writes about how, uh, you know, running for office takes a lot out of you, uh, keeps you away from your family a lot of the time. At some point, even the most satisfied, accomplished elected officials ask themselves, is this all worth it? That's a question it seems Woodbury County Supervisor Jeremy Taylor has answered for himself, but it hasn't brought him much peace. Here, yeah, here it is. So he, he's been staying there, according to him, four nights a week. One of Taylor's problems with that was that he had rented out the Grandview House to three people who had listed the address on their own voter registration forms. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor was also registered at this address, and he uses it as his official residence for purposes of his supervisor seat. But there's also three other people living there, renting space in this house. Damn. 
Is his wife like his wife should read that new Liz Lenz book? Maybe <laughs> he's hanging out with the three people he's renting this other house to instead of helping you take care of the your kids. Right. Yeah. Wait. Did, Come did on, man. Six kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> am I remembering that right? <laughs> yes. Six children. Yeah. Six children. Uh. Right. So he's living like basically like college life. You know. Chilling yeah. with his boys four nights a week. <laughs> You're alone raising six Playing beer children. pong. Yeah. And, and then you do a bunch of voter fraud in his favor, and you are facing criminal consequences, and he is not. <laughs> yeah. That's it's red flags, man. Yeah. This Vietnamese American ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's really like, yeah, getting thrown under the bus here. I mean, she did the crime of voter fraud, of course, but like, do you really think like he had nothing to do with it? Yeah. And it's like, so just like small scale, like (laughs) Keystone cops ass crime. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's legally taken very seriously, but like the actual like act of doing the crime is, right. is very very minor it's stupid yeah it's just dumb yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the uh the iowa starting line article gives a little bit of background about like the political relationships going on in sioux city at the time local democrats there have long detested taylor seeing him as an overly ambitious right-wing politician who always has his eye on the next election taylor served one term in the iowa house before losing in 2012 after he got paired up with representative chris hall in redistricting He was elected to the Board of Supervisors in 2014 and began running for Congress in the Republican primary to take on Steve King shortly after his supervisor re-election. Possibly complicating things for that bid, he listed his Grandview address on his FEC forms. So yeah, he was was part of the uh, Feenstra-King primary, which we talked about last week as well. Maybe he was a write-in for that because his registration got canceled because of the address he used. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, that's definitely, like, over-ambitious. Like, you're going to take out Steve King, like, from just being, like, a county supervisor. Mm-hmm. Like, no one knows who you are, pretty much. Statewide, not at all. Yeah. Well, I guess it would have been just voters of the 4th District at the time. I don't know. He may have been somewhat known by people who would vote in a primary there. Yeah, I mean, Sioux City's relatively large city for iowa so yeah but Mm -hmm. i mean even then yeah yeah it's it didn't work out (laughs) obviously he was getting a lot of headlines though like you know (laughs) yeah no no such thing as a bad headline (laughs) yeah this is a lot of good press for him (laughs) even cost of ambition and (laughs) jeremy taylor's miserable life (laughs) that's positive that's positive coverage yeah okay so as a result of this he resigned from the board in 2020 so remember he's on the board now his wife has been convicted of like 52 counts i think it was of voter fraud and he's refusing to to resign now but back in 2020 when he was caught using a vacant home that he was well not vacant because he was renting it out yeah (laughs) using his previous home as his address he did resign as a result of that (laughs) but not now man and I missed my opportunity to use this last week. I think that this, if he st- continues refusing to resign, I think this needs to be escalated. And I think we need to get uh, the the uh, state 
attorney on on the case. Give him the bird. Gotta give, give him, him the, the bird. bird. Give him the fucking bird. <laughs> <laughs> Although I I doubt that she um would really give a shit because he's a Republican. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair fair assumption. I wonder how many times someone gets away with uh the the two <laughs> things that he he and his wife did. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's such like a minor, like it's taken seriously by the law, but the actual act of doing it is like really like easy to accomplish. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably pretty common corruption. Yeah. Yeah. And and really the only way they even got caught for the voter fraud was because he's the kids of the people uh, and said that they were living there and they were like trying to register. Yeah. They tried to vote. Weren't able to. Like names. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, insanity for a, just a, like a board of supervisors seat. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Joe Gatto like not live in his city council district or something? Uh, I don't that know about. Accused? Yeah, I, I think that has been accused because yeah, I think he has multiple residences as well. But yeah, I'm sure it happens all the time, and probably doesn't get caught most of the time, or you know has enough plausible. Well, yeah, Eric Adams. We were just talking about him. Yeah, there's uh, there's a using like other his ones. son's apartment or something as his, his <laughs> yeah. New York well, that, that was just more for like his image or whatever. And then it turns out he was like <laughs> the head of like an HOA or something, <laughs> like <laughs> or yeah, he was like uh, renting it out like multiple properties that he owned and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to listen to this voicemail we got this week? Sure. This was uh somebody called the number three one nine eight four nine eight seven three three and left this message for us. My name is Eugene Lionel Stockwell, grandson of Bucky Stockwell. I have a message for professional rock hard caucus listener, detective Ann Mallory of the University of Iowa Police Department who gets paid to listen to the show. Please come collect your wife from my grandfather's compound at 8 Drive in Iowa City. She smells like cheeseburgers and has been having non-stop sexual relations with my grandfather since November, excluding the time he spent in Iran. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> were you looking cannot, up that address? Yes, but we cannot corroborate any of these things. Yeah, we may need to censor the address, actually, because I don't, I don't want the location of Bucky Stockwell's compound to be uh, public knowledge. And I doubt Bucky would want that, right? No, I don't. No, he's got problems. If um, you're the kind of guy with a compound, you probably don't want people poking around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I had nothing to do with that call. I don't know. I, I, I'm barely like aware of this family. So I, we are not responsible for the content of that call. No. But, but I, I am happy to pass the message along since this is obviously an easy way to contact Ian Mallory because we know that he listens to the show for both uh, recreational and 
investigative purposes. Well, hopefully he stopped listening for recreational purposes because I did ask him to only <laughs> listen while he's on the clock. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like um, your wife is at Bucky's compound. So the the Stockwell family would uh, would like you to come pick her up. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Again, the number is 319-849-8733. If you have, um, if someone's wife is uh, hanging out at your house and you like, <laughs> you like her to go home, uh, I, I don't really have a problem with passing those messages along. May not be the most efficient means of communication, but we're here. Yeah. We're here for you. Yep. We're uh, here as a career service. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've also got a P.O. box if you want to send us anything in the mail, U.S. Postal Service. It's P.O. Box 5336 in Coralville, Iowa, 52241. Uh, I got a I got an email that something's on its way this week, so we may have a, a fun piece of mail to look at on our next episode. If you like experimental music, I'm playing a few shows in the next few weeks. I'll be playing a solo set at Cloud House. That's the little garage building next to the mansion, the Cloud Cloud House is like a small part of the Close House property that's at 538 South Gilbert Street in Iowa City. I'm playing there on March 3rd, and then I'm playing a drop bear set with Gabby Vanek. That's a saxophone bassoon duo, if you like those instruments. We'll be playing together on March 13th at Cloud House. And then I'm playing as part of the Christine Burke Ensemble at Close House, the big one, on March 20th. I'll have all that shit listed at justinkcomer.com slash shows if you are in Iowa City and you like music. I guess we've transitioned into the plug segment of the show. Mm -hmm. I noticed, yeah. You should check out all those shows. <laughs> what do you have going on in Des Moines? What should people know about there? <laughs> I don't got a whole lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not as plugged in with the uh, local community as Justin is. Yeah. If you're in Des Moines, go outside and walk around. Look yeah, for that's, stuff. that's that's always a good good advice. <laughs> uh, and we, we got to do our weekly reminder of this. Um, friend of the show, Tara McGovern, will be going on trial for criminal charges related to attending a protest, which happened in October of last year. The trial is the trial begins on March twelfth. Uh, if you happen to be called for jury duty that week, do not let anyone find out that you listen to the show. But yeah. keep these. Keep these two facts in mind. Jurors cannot be punished for passing an incorrect verdict. In many jurisdictions, I believe the entirety of the United States of America, a defendant who is acquitted cannot be tried a second time for the same offense. Let's just say there's no such thing as an incorrect verdict. Yeah, I the also, verdict, Any verdict yeah. rendered is correct by, by definition. Right. Incorrect is in scare quotes when I say it in that context. Mm-hmm. What they mean by incorrect is that the judge will tell you that your personal beliefs and opinion about what you see at the trial is irrelevant, and your job is to simply come to a decision based on only the evidence presented at that trial. Yeah. And because this is the state prosecuting a person, they really want they want to find this person guilty. Otherwise, the state wouldn't have brought charges yeah. against them, you know? You're not a computer. Humans don't right. operate on logic and reason, despite yeah. what many people will lead you to believe. So you're not a computer. Um, mm -hmm. Just remember that when you go into a jury <laughs> jury uh, trial. You are yeah. not a computer. Yeah. You do not operate on logic or reason. 
and uh, your emotions are valid. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not just saying this. This relates to much more than just our friend's trial. Like, yeah, no, all, for sure. all jury trials like you stay true to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you get we called need to do a duty, self self-help book for potential jurors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a moral responsibility there. If you are a person who believes that the American criminal justice system is unjust, like you need to do what you can to weasel your way onto that jury (laughs) and to prevent a unanimous guilty verdict. (laughs) That is all of our responsibilities as good moral human beings. Mm -hmm. Another thing that moral human beings do is pay money for podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) That's not necessarily true, but yeah. I've never paid for a podcast. That's that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) If you do enjoy this program and and would like it to continue, um, we don't do this for money, but it does help. Patreon.com slash Rock Hard Caucus is where you can subscribe to the show to uh, assist in its continued existence. And we do put uh, extra episodes on there. So if you like the free stuff, you'll probably like the stuff that you have to pay for. Uh, last week, we put out the first of our new series, which is called Bay Not Me Slippin'. Yep. I, I understand the joke now. It's very funny. I like the art that our friend Allie, Allie High did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun podcast. I'll also say that's the only time I've seen even a cent from this podcast is the time that Justin bought a ticket to NotFest for me with the <laughs> proceeds from from the podcast. So... Uh, if you're worried that I'm going to actually get some of the money, uh, do not worry about it. It's it's Justin's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you think that we split this shit evenly in a fair way, absolutely <laughs> don't not. Worry. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I've only spent the money on like stuff for the show. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not really pocketing it either. But yeah, I don't know. It's someday. it's a war chest. Yeah, someday yeah, it'll yeah. it'll come yeah. in handy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we reviewed the uh, Slipknot demo from 1996 with our friend Oliver, who's been on the show a couple times before and is a, a good musician and had a lot of uh, important thoughts on the Slipknot demo. Yeah, well, and in general, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not on the, that podcast. If you if you listen to that <laughs> podcast, you're only going to get Slipknot. Yeah, Oliver has important thoughts in real life and stuff, too. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. I didn't decide what to play for music at the end of this. Oh, I know what to do. I know what to do. Uh, so earlier this week, I was watching clips on the Found Footage Festival YouTube page with my friend Chris. You know about Found Footage Fest? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah they've been around for a long time. Just uploading clips from VHS tapes that they found I at love, thrift stores. I love that kind of thing. I love <laughs> yeah. to buy unmarked tapes at, at thrift stores and see what's on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so while we were watching this, we we watched one called Chippy Clips, which was a chimpanzee <laughs> puppet who is like a Christian. <laughs> and, and the clips like, on that's their... like peak found footage content. <laughs> Christian hand puppets, chimpanzees, mm-hmm. like yeah. those three. Like you're you're really doing doing the work. <laughs> it's basically the manger babies from uh, King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the video was like a sort of blues bluesy theme song for this chimpanzee puppet as he and his 
adult man friend drove to a movie theater to go see Chippy Clips. So like movies starring the chimpanzee. But what what made me like jump up off the couch is the car that they drove to the movie theater in this clip had an Iowa license plate. So I was like, oh shit, this is like a local thing. This is something that the first United Methodist Church in Cedar Falls was doing from like late 90s to mid 2000s, I think. Like the one of the ministers there was doing like children's sermons using this chimpanzee puppet. And it was <laughs> it was very popular at this church. They made little short films with Chippy the Chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I found a Fox News article about Chippy the Chimpanzee which was published on September 10th, 2001. Wow. Man, I didn't... I saw that article. I didn't see that. How innocent we were. I know. This is what life was like before. Yeah, watching VHS tapes of Chippy, and then it was all just ripped away from us. Yeah. Before before the terrorist attack, we had Christian chimpanzees showing us movies. Um, So anyway, the reason I bring it up is because I know that people who listen to our show uh, have roots in Cedar Falls, maybe even still live there now. If you have, like, I've been told by someone on Twitter that there may have been a DVD of the Chippy Clips. If you have that, (laughs) I want to see the rest (laughs) of the Chippy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, we're a big Chippy podcast. Uh, It's, you know, there's other Chippies that we've referred to before. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we, (laughs) we love the DVD. Yeah, so the music that's going to play at the end of this will be the the chippy theme music from that <laughs> clip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh my Thank God. you, Evan. But heft cautioned that an over-reliance on props like chippy might dilute some of the Bible's more subtle messages. For Jews and Christians, the word is important, so they can't turn everything over to visuals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to throw this wrench in the chippy, chippy discussion. <laughs> But apparently Chippy might not be good, might be anti-biblical, because it's not about... Unless he's just <laughs> just saying Bible <laughs> verses. <laughs> well, okay, the thing, maybe is, the thing is, Chippy, Chippy might himself, be like... He can't like speak ball. English. <laughs> Chippy just makes yeah. little squeaky noises, and his like oh, okay. interp- interpreter tells the kids what Chippy's saying. Mm, okay. Okay, so listen, everybody. If you've got the Chippy DVD at your parents' house or something... I will buy it from you, and we could do a whole podcast about Chippy Clips. <laughs> that's the that's the pitch here. Get us the Chippy Clips, and we'll talk more about it. There are still people who don't like the church being referred to as the Monkey Church. <laughs> okay, Some let's... are still concerned that Chippy might become a bit too popular. <laughs> this is the best article I've ever read. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Well, I'll, I'll put a link to the article in the uh, the, the full works cited for the episode. So click on the Patreon link in the episode description and you can find the, the Fox News September 10th Chippy article. Uh, but that's going to be it from us today. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds okay. good. All right. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, world. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. He swings through the treetops all week long Eating his bananas, singing this song Then on Sunday morning it's rise and shine Chippy goes to church, has a really good time Love that chippy Love that chippy Gotta love that chippy He's a real good friend of mine Don't you dare forget he's a chimpanzee 
Jimmy, he's no monkey, are you listening to me? All you boys and girls, you better be good. Jimmy's coming over to your neighborhood. Love that Jimmy. 